Thanks for listening to the Issue Podcast. If you like what you hear, then be sure to catch us every week on all streaming services. Make sure to follow our social media. All links can be found in the description of our episodes. And make sure you're emailing us your thoughts. Our email is theissuemailbox at gmail.com. Also, sign up for our newsletter. You can do that by going to our website that we have linked in the episode. All you have to do is put in your email and click sign up. Guys, don't forget to like, subscribe, share with your friends, and thank you for listening to The Issue. You are now locked in and listening to The Issue. You look at this schedule. Find me the wins here. Find me the wins. You've got to be delusional if you think he's elite. Well, from what I'm seeing right now, he's a top 10 guy in this league, no doubt. Absolutely, I think they can be for a championship. I I don't even think that's a a debate I'm willing to, to have. This is The Issue. Yo, what's up? We are back. It is The Issue. It is Luke and Tim. It is Saturday, September 11th. Uh, we got another episode of The Issue here for you today. Lots of predictions. First Sunday of the NFL coming up this week. Big day, big day. Also, first episode of The Issue Miked Up is now out. You can go stream that. Spotify, Anchor, go subscribe. Yeah. Um, when you're on Spotify, go hit the follow button just for the the regular, you know, issue. You can hit the little follow, turn on the bell, notifications. That way you know when we post. You can come listen to us because, you know, we are posting. You know, it's going to be like a Wednesday night for the Thursday day. So you're going to want to be able to, you know, hear what we have to say for the Thursday night game. And then uh, we're posting Saturday for Sunday. So you're going to want to listen to them relatively quickly. So turn on the notification. And uh, it'll be quicker for you. Right. Go follow the Instagram at the underscore issue podcast. And then follow us on Twitter, which is just at the issue podcast. Uh, send us an email. That is the issue mailbox at gmail.com. So real quick before before you guys go out and, you know, it's a beautiful Saturday. If you're in college, before you go out to your, you know, to support your team, right? Before you go tailgating, just, you know, maybe take a moment to yourself. Just think. And, uh, you know, appreciate, you know, the first responders and everybody. You know, it is 9-11 today. It is September 11th. Yeah. We always remember. So, um, you know, just take a moment to yourself, and uh, that's all. 100%. Yeah. All right. Now, now we got the sad stuff, you know, the, the somber stuff out of the way. It's an exciting day. It's an exciting day. NFL season kicks off. Well, it kicked off Thursday, but it really kicks off tomorrow. It is prediction time. Oh, it's going to be so sweet. It's prediction time. All right, here we go. This is our first... You know, big, long, we're going to go through every game. It's going to be the first massive Sunday prediction of the year. Oh, yeah. It's going to be good. Okay. Let's start with Seattle at Indianapolis. Now, we're going to start with this one because it honestly is one of the, it was one of the tougher ones for us to decide here. So, Seattle comes, you know, east and plays Indianapolis. They normally play really well out east, though, so I don't think it's a huge problem. Seattle's favored by three. Um, you can subscribe to the issue mic'd up if you want to hear some more about spreads and stuff, but... 
I will tell you right now, the over-under is 49. I personally like the over. I don't think defense – I think defenses are going to be at a big disadvantage for the first couple weeks. No, yeah. They usually are in an NFL season as well. Usually defense starts to play a bigger factor later in the year. Early in the year, it's all offense. Um, even – I don't know who's going to start for Indianapolis at quarterback. I don't know if Wentz is going to be good to go. If he is, that's an easy over. I still think it's an easy over if he doesn't start. Yeah. I don't know. Who do you like to win this game, though? I like Seattle. Uh, I don't think, you know, that's going to be too tough for them. I think especially with Russ and his escapability and just you could throw so much pressure at that dude and it doesn't doesn't really matter. He's still going to pick you apart. So, I mean, I I do like Seattle and and I'll take the over as well. I Like I said, no matter who's starting for Indianapolis at quarterback, I I still like Seattle. Because Ross is, is going to be the better quarterback no matter what mm-hmm. in the game, and generally that'll that'll win you a lot of games. And I, I think the coaching, I do like. Um, oh my god, I'm drawing a blank on on the internet. Frank Reich, I like Frank Reich, uh, but Pete Carroll has more experience, so I, you know I'll, I'll take Seattle Week One. All right, how about um, a little bit of a? Actually, we'll get to that in a second here. This is kind of an easy one for us. We'll go from a hard one to an easy one. Minnesota at Cincinnati. Minnesota. I, I think Minnesota, we both agree, is going to be one of the most improved teams in the league this year. Go through their roster. Their offensive line is definitely above average. Um, I'll, I'll tell you right now, Kirk Cousins is above average. He's not, I mean, he's not good. He's not great. Yeah. But he is, he's an average to above average quarterback. Absolutely. Slightly. He's in like that Derek Carr class. Mm-hmm. Baker, Baker's there as well. Somewhere around the 14th to the 17th, 18th best quarterback. I, they can run the football. Justin Jefferson's a good wide receiver. Adam Thielen's a great number two. Mm-hmm. Uh, their defense isn't horrible. They have a defensive head coach. That seems like a bit of a mismatch. The fact that they're only favored by three is kind of a surprise. Over-under is 47. I'm going to take the over. Both defenses are a little bit underwhelming. Yeah, I'll take the over as well. I'll take Minnesota to win. I mean, that's not going to be any shocker, I don't think. I think yeah. the spread being only three, three on that is kind Minnesota. of kind of crazy. I, I, that shocked me a little bit. I, I guess at the end of the day, I don't feel bad giving this there are a lot of garbage. Yeah. yeah, I don't feel bad giving this spread away. I'll tell you right now, I'd bet Minnesota minus three. That's not even really I – don't, I don't feel like I'm giving away too much juicy information there. Yeah, I mean, I um, think that's pretty much implied. Yeah. Let's go with uh, – how about Philadelphia at Atlanta? Normally, I'm not even going to tell you anything about betting on this one because I stay away from Atlanta all the time. You don't touch Atlanta. We've learned that from the Never past. Never bet Atlanta. Uh, Atlanta is favored by three, though, and I do like Atlanta to win the football game. Over-under is 48. Both defenses are terrible. Now, I do think Jalen Hurts is going to put up some stats, some yards, maybe some points. So I'm going to take the over on 48, especially at Atlanta. Atlanta can, can really air it out in that dumb. But I do like Atlanta to win. Okay. Kyle Pitts. Good to see Kyle Pitts. Yeah, debut. I agree. That's going to be... That's going to be cool. I like he, Kyle Pitts a lot. Yeah, he looks like one of the best tight end prospects to come out yeah. in a while. Did you see him play live? or Did he play when you were at Kentucky? Yeah, so when I was at Kentucky, he played... Um, he just dogged us. He, I think he I had think a he touchdown. Played, right? yeah. yeah, he had a touchdown. I'm pretty sure. And um, you Kyle even... Trask was oh yeah throwing to him. Yeah, that was before Kyle Trask was like a household name. Yeah, that was like one of his first. You know, because not, no, that's not when starts, but... who got injured. Um, Felipe came Franks. In. Felipe, Felipe Franks, Franks got injured, and then Kyle Trask came in. And he came in and he still dogged us. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean. He was Florida's good. generally more talented than Kentucky, but oh, it doesn't yeah. matter. Um, okay, how about let's go Green Bay at New Orleans. So they're playing actually in, in Jacksonville, I want to say, because Jacksonville is playing in Houston this week, and due to the hurricane in New Orleans and, and just the cleanup and stuff going on there, I, they are playing in Jacksonville, so not really too much of a home field advantage for this game. 
so I'll take Green Bay. I, I, I still think even if it is in New Orleans, I still like Green Bay as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, go go position to position. You list the top ten guys in that game. I mean, probably eight of them are Green Bay Packers. You know, without Michael Thomas, um, Drew Brees being gone. Like I, I like Kamara and I, I like Marshawn Lattimore from the Saints. Outside of that, it's pretty thin. Cam Jordan as well. So I, I would go with seven of the ten top players in this game are Green Bay Packers. They have a better quarterback. Um, they def- certainly have better receiver, like a better receiving core and tight end group. Um, I would say their offensive line is better. Their defenses are close, but I like Green Bay's a little bit more because they have more depth. Yeah. I think Green Bay, what do you think? I like Green Bay. Yeah. Um, I'm excited to see Jameis, what he can do, though. I'm excited to see that. A little side note about Green Bay. Have you seen the video of them announcing their captains? No, is it bad? Like, Matt LaFleur is, like, going through announcing that he goes special teams first. Is Aaron one? Aaron was the first offensive captain. There's Because there's one special teams, three defensive, three offensive. That's crazy. So he listed the defensive first. And then he goes, and the uh, first offensive captain, Aaron Rodgers. And, like... They panned to everybody else as they like got picked for captain. They'd be like clapping. They like came into like the middle. Aaron and like and when Aaron got picked, he straight he, face. he literally was straight face and just gave a thumbs up to the camera and just stayed right there. He didn't move so an now, inch. So now I do see now this is the bed that Aaron's this little side note, we're gonna go on a little tangent here, because we got time. Yeah. This is the only thing we're doing in the first segment anyway. Um Aaron's going to have to, this is kind of the, the bed that he's made, so he's kind of got to lay in it, right? So if any other player was this, you'd be, you'd be like, oh, he's got that Mamba mentality, right? Commend if Kobe got, like, it would, back when Kobe was playing, he got picked for a captain. Oh, he would have been silent. Straight face. People would be like, he's a he's a, an assassin, right? Yeah, they'd be, if yeah. Tom Brady had that straight face, he'd be like, oh, he's locked in, ready to go, right? But since Aaron's generally, like, aloof and kind of manipulative and likes to throw shots at the organization, him being straight-faced doesn't mean the same thing it does for when Tom Brady's straight-faced no. about a captain thing, right? It's not the same as when when, he, when Brady goes, my favorite ring's the next. Yeah. It's good. Like, we we go, oh, Brady's working towards the next one. If Aaron said that, you'd be like, oh, he's arrogant. Because generally speaking, Aaron's arrogant. That's kind of how it goes. Yep. So he's got to lay in the bed. Now the media's probably going to, you know, maybe exploit that a bit, right? He's got to lay in that bed. Yep. I just thought it was interesting, and I don't because we know. I don't really think he wants to be there. I don't think he's going to be there past this year. Yeah, I think it's the end of the road there. Uh, over under on that's forty nine and a half. I'm going to take the over. Both well, we're taking a lot of overs here. They just seem like a little low this this week. I don't know. All right, Denver and the New York football giants. Denver travels to New York. This is a tough one for us. Um, Denver's favored by three. They seem like fairly evenly matched teams. If I was betting person, I wouldn't touch this with a 10-foot pole. No, it's way too um, close. I will tell you one thing, though. We're doing over-unders here. 42, this is the only one I'm going to actually take the under, and it's actually one of the lower over-unders, which is kind of crazy that I'm taking the under on it. But both are really good defenses and kind of lackluster offenses. Like, the Giants can't block anybody. Who knows what Teddy Bridgewater is going to do? They don't really have a, a great run game as well. So, I don't know. What do you think? I've been back, We've been back and, and, forth. and forth. Just what's your heart telling you right now denver denver it's the easy pick denver is the easy pick right they have like you know that they definitely have a better secondary um i would say they have a better pass rush their offensive line's better but then you go to the giants i'd say they have more proven weapons maybe you know it's, it's close but they have more proven weapons they have a, a guy named saquon barkley i would say daniel jones has the ability to do more though i'm not sure he plays better than teddy bridgewater but he is more of a big play type threat you know mm-hmm. teddy bridgewater's a, a little bit of a safer quarterback 
I would say so far, Joe Judge has shown us more than Vic Fangio has. So I don't. It's close. You're gonna go Denver. I'll, I'll switch it up and I'll go. I'll go the Giants. And by the way, this year I want to start. I'm gonna just you know talk about this on air. I want to start writing down our picks and seeing what you know what our record is each week. I and do see like if that. we can just keep you know staying steady and, and and improving. Yeah, and improving. Yeah. All right. How about let's go Pittsburgh at Buffalo in that one o'clock window. Buffalo's favored by six and a half. Um, if you follow the issue mic up, if you subscribe to that, you'll uh, you'll hear our pick for that. I like Buffalo to win though, and uh, that's gonna that's gonna make a lot of Pittsburgh people mad. What do you think? Look, I understand it's a Pittsburgh show, or that we're based in Pittsburgh. I wouldn't say it's a Pittsburgh show. We're just based here. We're based in Pittsburgh, yeah. Um, you gotta admit when you when you're not gonna be able to win is what I can is what I have to say. Like, this one's quite obvious that the Bills are gonna just kind of run right through us. The Bills are that's a top. I don't know. I'd say five roster in the league. A top. It's top two top, in the AFC. Yeah, top would, two, top three. It's it's up there with like Cleveland and and KC. Cleveland, KC, and Baltimore. Well, now that Baltimore's hurt, I would even I would, I would say True. Buffalo's definitely above them now. Yeah, wow. I don't know. I just think. Plus, have you ever have the Steelers ever gone into a game and you're and you're looking at the quarterback and be like, wow, they have, we're playing a really good quarterback this week, and then we come out on top and you're like, wow, we actually held that quarterback to you know nothing. That's never happened. I don't think. Well, Lamar. Yeah, but I, I don't That's think, it. But I've never... I've never. That's the only time. I like Lamar, but I've never thought of Lamar as, like, that guy yet, though. Yeah, that's true. Like, he won an MVP because he was insane, statistically like speaking. Like a Tom Brady, you mean. But I've never, like... What, yeah. Did like, you know, when the Steelers would play like the I feel like Josh Allen is on the way. Like, if they were playing Mahomes, you would walk into them. We know we're going to lose, right? Yeah, you're going to... Russell Wilson, when he comes to town, you're like, mm, we might... We're probably going to lose this one. Mm-hmm. I think Josh Allen has the same type of, you know, aura around him. I don't... I don't like it. He does have that that big personality too, and just He's just a freak of nature, a huge yeah. guy. Yeah. Um, uh, how about all right, Arizona at Tennessee? Tennessee's favored by three. Over under is fifty three and a half. This is an easy over for me. Um, I, th- I think I think Tennessee wins this one. I do like Tennessee because of the run game. First of all, I also think that they're they're quite simply just a better coached football team. I don't think Cliff Kingsbury can coach. I think we're going to look up around Thanksgiving, maybe a little bit after. And he's either going to be on the hot seat because they're going to be like three and five, three and six, or he's going to be gone already, and they're going to be like two and six, two and seven, right? Mm-hmm. It's going to be somewhere like something like that. I just don't, I don't think he can coach. He hasn't won at any level. Like he, I think he's a great quarterback coach. That's what I think he needs to do. He's great with quarterbacks. He's great with offense. I don't think he's a head coach. I don't. So I'm going to go with Tennessee, like you said, running the football. Yep, they're just going to pound that rock. Derrick Henry. All right, how about the Chargers at the Washington football team? You were leaning Chargers. Yes, I was. I was leaning Washington. So explain your Chargers pick. Justin Herbert and those weapons. Can't argue with that. (laughs) And, uh, and, I mean, Keenan Allen. Mike Williams, Austin Eckler, yeah. It's just going to be, I think, I think. There's no way they keep pace with that offense. There's no possible way that they can keep pace with that. Yeah, with, with, Ryan, with, with Ryan Fitzpatrick at age 57, <laughs> and like, like what are we doing here? Like, yeah, they got a good defense. Yes, Chase Young, but at the same time, the Chargers have Justin Herbert. He's gonna be able to get that ball out. Yeah. See, now I, I see your argument, especially because of what Herbert was able to do with a bad offensive line last year. Actually, the worst. 
and they have made improvements. They got Corey Lindsley um, and some other other components. Um, what they they drafted uh, Rashawn Slater, I believe, and um, so I, they have made improvements on the offensive line. I still don't think that that offensive line is going to need time to gel. I don't think week one that's a, a terribly improved offensive line. I think they're, you know, they might have improved up to like the 29th best offensive line for right now. That Washington front is going to eat eat them alive. Yeah. I don't see it, it's going to. I think it's going to look a lot like Mahomes in the Super Bowl last year. Where he's kind of running for his life a little bit. I'm going to take Washington over unders 45. I'll take that under. I'm going to take the under as well. Yeah, I think it's going to be. I don't know. You you think it might be a little lopsided with uh with LA scoring some points? Yeah, but I don't think it'll get over that. Yeah. Um, all right. How about let's go the Jets at the Carolina Panthers. Carolina is favored by four. Sam Darnold is getting his getting his former team. I like one. it. Sam Darnold, uh, dude. I'll take I'll take the Panthers all day. Yeah. I, I, There's not even a. I don't. Especially with the Jets, they've had a bunch of injuries. I really, I really don't like the Jets this year. Um, I, you know, Zach Wilson's shown some flashes. I'm interested to see how he does in a full game where he's got to drop back 30 times against a defense. He was dropping back like 11 in the preseason. People are like, he went 10 for 11, and I'm like, okay. Against third string dudes okay, yeah, in okay, preseason. Cool. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not into that. I, I think Carolina is a – they're definitely a better offense. Both defenses aren't that great. So for that reason, I'm going to take the over at 45. But, and uh, yeah. We've said it before, but I'm making the official prediction now that Sam Darnold is going to pop this year in Carolina with a run game in C-Mac and an actual functional organization. Some good uh, some good weapons some as good well. Weapons. Robbie Anderson and uh, decent DJ pr- Moore. Decent protection. Yeah, I think this is going to be the year that Sam Darnold really pops. I'm with it. All right, how about Jacksonville at Houston? We both like Jacksonville here. Houston's just not good. First of all, they have the oldest roster in the NFL. I like that they can run the football. They have some decent backs. Tyrod Taylor's probably not the guy. They have no one on defense of note. Um, Their offensive line is bad outside of Laramie Tunsil, and their weapons are very, very subpar outside of Brandon Cooks, who, you know, is a good B to a B-plus receiver. Um, I think it's Jacksonville all the way. What do you say? Jacksonville. Yeah. Yeah, I'm with it. All right, how about Cleveland at the Kansas City Chiefs? This is also a no-brainer for us as well. Chiefs. Yeah. I I don't think – I think Cleveland's going to be fine eventually, right? They have an all-new secondary, though. KC's going to rip that up. It's not even going to be – I mean, you're telling me that you're going to have, I think it's three to four new starters in the secondary, and you're going to go against Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill, Demarcus Robinson, even their their – third receiver is better than you know a lot of people's number one like KC has guys they got straight up dudes that that's not even close over under is 54 and a half I do like the over though I do like the over because Cleveland can score like Cleveland can score Nick Chubb's gonna get some carries you know OBJ all that good stuff so yeah I think KC wins by like almost two touchdowns though I don't think it's all that close they don't lose in September they just don't Patrick Mahomes hasn't Andy Reid won't all right, how about Miami at New England? New England's favored by three and a half. New England. New England? Yeah, um, we both we both agree with New England. I don't like Tua at all. I think he's extremely underwhelming. And Bill to Bell be quite frank, yeah, I don't see why he ha- like how he has so many supporters, to be I honest with I, you. I'm not, I, I, look, he's a good guy. I think that's why. Like, he's a nice kid, nice, very well-spoken. Yeah, but, but that's why he has supporters, and I don't, like, wish him bad. I'm just predicting him to do bad. That's all. Like, yeah. I don't... 
look, I, nobody likes to watch bad quarterbacks. Like, exactly. If two is bad, that's not even enjoyable for me to watch. Now, I will be right, so that'll be cool. <laughs> but, like, I'd rather watch good quarterback play. Like, I'd rather watch him and Mac Jones tear it up and they go back and forth down the field all game long. Yeah. But that's not going to happen. Bill Belichick's not going to let that happen. Are you kidding me? He absolutely ruins young quarterbacks. Two is definitely still a young quarterback. He only started nine games last year. Come on. He's going to get crushed by Belichick. Yeah. Uh, over-under is 43.5. I do think this is going to be kind of a defensive game because Miami's got a good defense as well. I'll take the under. What do you say? Under. Yep. All right, Chicago at the Los Angeles Rams. So that is LA's favored by 7.5. That's the Sunday night game. And the over-under is 46.5. I think we both like the Rams. Yeah, give me the Rams. Yeah, I don't think Andy Dalton's going to do much of note. They don't have... the Chicago doesn't have a great offensive line. Lord knows Aaron Donald's just going to live in the backfield. Um, I, I know for a fact that uh, Chicago is not going to run the football very well, so that's not going to be effective. Al Robinson's good, but he's not going to beat Jalen Ramsey on a consistent basis. I, I don't see how Chicago puts up points, and I don't see how they stop L.A. really from putting up points as well. Yeah, um, I agree. I'm going to go with the under, actually, on 46.5. I, I think L.A.'s going to put up, like, you know, 28 to 30, but I don't think Chicago's even going to put enough to get up to 46, or 47, actually. Okay. All right. Um, one more on Sunday. This I saved this for last because I am going to give you guys a little snippet of, of, uh, of a little betting advice here. San Francisco at Detroit. Now, be careful. San Francisco is favored by 8.5. That's a lot of points in the NFL. The average game is decided by 4 points or less in the NFL. San Francisco, 8.5. That's a lot of points. That is that is huge. For a team that won, what, like 6, 7 games last year? That's a, that's a lot. And, and Detroit, it's only week 1. Like right? Dan Campbell can hype them up for week 1. Now, by week 10, they're going to know that they're abysmal, right? They're going to understand how bad they are. <laughs> but for week one, at home, getting in front of the fans for the first time, they're going to be hyped up. They're going to be hyped up. There's no way that San Francisco covers that 8.5. If I was betting, I would put the house on Detroit covering 8.5. At home? Absolutely. Absolutely. I don't know. What do you think? I think I think San Fran wins, but I'm betting on Detroit to cover that spread all day. Yeah. Um, I would. I think I'd agree with that, actually. Um, you're right. There is a lot of false hope in these horrible franchises early on, and they kind of get all the tailgating out of the way while it's still warm anyway up in Detroit. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I, I do like that. I, I do like, like that. All right. How about let's go. Um, the Ravens at the Raiders. This is the Monday night game. Baltimore is favored by four, and the over under is fifty. Right. Ugh. This is tough, right? So Gruden generally wins early in the year, loses late in the year. Baltimore's really, really banged up. But the Raiders suck. I'm still going to take the Ravens. <laughs> the Raiders suck. Come on, people. Yeah. They are terrible. Derek Carr is the only thing keeping that franchise afloat. Their owner just built a, a house that looks like his stadium. It's an absolute lunacy of an organization. They are going to get dumped on on Monday night. Lamar Jackson wins 80% of his games. They have nobody to stop even a depleted... Ravens running game. The Raiders suck. John Gruden will be fired. Well, actually, he probably won't because he, he basically runs that organization, but he should be fired. He's not that good of a head coach. I'm, I'm just going in on the Raiders right now, but the Ravens yeah. are going to win. Raven, uh, Ravens, the Baltimore Ravens over the Vegas Raiders on Monday Night Football pretty handily. No, yeah, I agree with that. Um, 
you know, the, the Raiders are not exactly the, the cream of the crop in the NFL right now. Um, and it's so hard. It is so hard to stop a Lamar Jackson and, and the Ravens. He, he's more athletic than anybody the Raiders have. Like just, Pittsburgh's the only one, I don't, the only team that I like have seen do it. That can well. consistently limit Stop Lamar. Him. Yeah. Now I know another team like KC can consistently beat him, but that's just because they have Mahomes. They don't. They don't stop him. They don't even limit him. Yeah. They do beat him, but they don't limit him. The the Bills aren't bad as well, but that's mostly because he's seen them in the playoffs and late in the year where the defense is really hunkering down. But uh, yeah, that was our predictions for. Like the rest of week one for the NFL season, the big Sunday and Monday night game. Yep, all those predictions, um, you know, go back, listen to the episode, and make sure we're right. Because I can guarantee you, guarantee you, that if you listen to our advice, you're going to make some money. Think of it as an investment as well. Yeah, think of it as an investment. Go subscribe to the uh, issue mic'd up. That was a great episode yesterday, by the way. It was, it was really good. If it, it was nice. It's it's more laid back. It's more fun. It's more chill. You guys can hang out with us, you know. Every now and then, I think what we'll do is we will post one of the the issue mic'd up. We'll make it for all listeners. Well, I like that idea. And just, like, post, like, one every now and then so people can get, like, a little taste of it, see if they want to subscribe. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. That's either way. The, uh, the first segment, people, when you guys, you know, when we come back from our little break here, we're going to go... I have some, some thoughts about Dak in the Thursday Night Football game. We're going to get to that. Don't worry. And then we're going to have a little fun little segment where you have five, our top five football commentators for the 2020 season. This does not have to be NFL. We have a couple college um, guys. Anyway, I think we have two college combinations just because they're so good. And then a couple pro. And so we'll give you guys our top commentators. It'll be a fun little segment. Yep. Don't go anywhere. Hey, guys. What's going on? It's the guys over here at The Issue. Excited to announce a new supplement opportunity for you guys through phoenix fitness spelled f n x capital f n and x use code tj2021 when you click the link in our link tree or go to fnx.com tj2021 it'll get you 15 percent off store wide go out and get yourself an am protein blend just drank mine orange dreamsicle my personal favorite flavor and then at nighttime, you can recover with their wide variety of BCA amino acid recovery formulas, as well with creatine, glutamine, um, nighttime protein blend. It's a PM blend. Spice and melatonin in there puts you right to sleep. Go check it out, Phoenix Fitness. All right, we are back. Second segment on a beautiful Saturday in western Pennsylvania here. I don't know where you guys are at, but that's where we are. It's gorgeous today. Absolutely so nice. beautiful. Um, like 75 and sunny, minimal clouds, a little bit of a breeze to keep you keep you on your toes. The college football festivities college a little later. Football festivities around the country, basically, especially here as well. Um, we're gonna get we're gonna get to a little bit of uh, of a fun segment, you know, on this fun Saturday. Right now, though, it's time for a little bit of a of, of a critique, a nice critical eye on on our friend Dak Prescott, and also. Um, just the Dallas Cowboys and, and that Thursday night game in general, right? Yeah. I knew this was going to happen as soon as the game, as soon as it as soon as it ended. First of all, I did predict Tampa Bay would score thirty one points, so I you know that felt a little good. Didn't obviously missed on the whole Cowboys and the whole spread thing, but that's fine, whatever. I will say I, I you had a feeling that the Cowboys were and their fans were 
going to complain, right? I mean, like, you knew it. Like, mm-hmm. with that, first of all, I thought that was offensive pass interference. I'm going to say it, it right was. now. With it was a push Chris off. Godwin 100% extended his arm and pushed off. Now, I will say, calls go here and there all game. You can't blame a game on a call. I get that it's in the last drive. I get that it's in the last 30-whatever seconds. You can't blame a whole loss on one call. Your field goal kicker left seven points on the field. Dak threw a pick. Zeke didn't play well. Your play calling was garbage. You dropped back an injured quarterback 53 times and ran the ball 10. What did you expect to happen? You played about as good as you... uh, uh, They executed plays about as well as they could. Garbage plays, mind you. They executed about as well as you could, and you still lost the football game. You had to figure that Dallas was going to come in with this whole, ooh, woe is me, or, or oh, moral victory. We almost beat them. We almost, we almost won. Good for you, Dallas. Good, good for you. And you almost, you know, it's been almost your year for the past, what, 10? <laughs> You've been almost right there. It's almost your year, right? It's maybe not this year, but next year. We're still young. It's almost, you're right there. But Jerry Jones. I'll tell you something that my, what? Seventh or eighth grade teacher told me, almost only counts in horseshoes and hand grenades. <laughs> and then sometimes she'd throw in and the atomic bomb, right? Those, you don't really need to be all that precise. Horseshoes, you actually get points for being close. You know, hand grenades, if I throw it near you, we're, we're good. You know, mission accomplished. Atomic bomb, if it's somewhere near, you know, the drop site, I think I'll be okay. You know, I think, I think I'll... I'll You'll get it. Yeah, it, they'll, they'll receive the memo, right? <laughs> almost doesn't count in the final score of an NFL football game. Good for you, Dak. You almost won. You know who didn't almost win because he actually won? Tom Brady. <laughs> yeah, he threw two picks. Yeah, his offensive line actually did not play as well as I thought they would. Yeah, Mike Evans was a non-factor and couldn't get open. Yeah, neither of his tight ends outside of Gronk, who's like 39 years old, looked like they knew how to play football. Cameron Brayton, and O.J. Howard were non-factors. Yeah, Ronald Jones forgot how to carry the football. Yeah, Leonard Fournette played bad. Yeah, their defense kind of got shredded by, you know, Dallas, who we, I kind of expected them to move the ball. But, yeah, their defense kind of got shredded. Yeah, yeah, he had a guy cough up the football on the goal line. Yeah, he had Ronald Jones give them Dallas the ball, you know, on their own 20-yard line. Twice. But, but you know what Tom Brady did? He won the football game because he's a winner, and winners win. So we can sit here and say, almost this, almost that. Dak's almost the seventh best quarterback in the league. You know who is the like third best quarterback in the league at age 40-something? Tom Brady, because Tom Brady wins, okay? I understand that there's moral victories in life. This is not one of them. You lost the football game. Plain and simple. You got outcoached. You got outplayed. You got outmanned, outgunned, all of it. Mike McCarthy should have woken up ashamed of himself for dropping back Dak Prescott 53 times. That is an abysmal game plan. If that was your game plan, you suck and should be fired immediately. If that's actually what you went into the game thinking, you know what, we're going to really be a pass-heavy team here. You know, Dak coming off an injury, Zeke being in the best shape of his life, injury on the offensive line, so we can just, you know, let's just throw the ball and let them pin their ears back and get after our young, inexperienced offensive line. If that was your game plan, you're a sucker. You're an idiot. And that's what I think Mike McCarthy is. I don't think he's a good coach at all. I think they, the, the outcome was exactly, maybe not exactly what I expected. I actually expected it to be worse. I think Dak actually was the only reason it wasn't worse. Dallas should be ashamed. I actually would have woken up with the complete opposite of a moral victory. It would have been a loss 
plus a moral loss. It was a loss plus the fact that my coach sucks. It was a loss plus the fact that my defense couldn't keep Tom Brady from, from going for 40 yards. You had to keep him from going for four. They started on what, like the 30-yard line. You can't let Tom Brady get to your 40, right, or even 35 to get a field goal. They started right? on the 25, and they couldn't let him get to started the Started on the 25. You couldn't let him get to your 35-yard line. Do the math. So that's 25 plus 15. That's what, like 50 yards? That's 55 yards. Are we crazy? It's not 55 yards. All right, so 25 to the 50. That's 50 minus 25. That would be 25. And then 50 to the 35 would be 15. So 25 plus 15 is 40. Oh, my bad. Okay. So you had to keep Tom Brady from going for That was my initial guess. Yeah, that's Dang, good. Anyway, you had to keep Tom Brady from going from 40 yards. Now it's easier than it sounds because Tom Brady's a winner. You can really hammer that point home because he's a winner. He had one timeout that he actually had to give up to avoid a 10-second runoff. He had a minute in, what, 10 seconds to go 40 yards with no timeouts because he had to use it to avoid a runoff because his team had a mental error and had a penalty. And you couldn't do it. You couldn't do it. You turned him over all game. You had him figured out all game. Couldn't do it, could you? Well, because of Dallas. Because Mike McCarthy folds. Because Dan Quinn folds. Because Dan Quinn was the head coach in the Super Bowl when Atlanta, what did they do against Tom Brady? Oh, they folded. This is exactly what you expect from Dallas, of a team of, they're fairly average. I like Dak, but he's closer to, when that, no, you know what, I'll revise my statement on Dak. I think he's closer to really good than he is average. But yeah, I still think he's about the eighth best quarterback in the league. I think Dak, I think, I, I think uh, Zeke's pretty average. I like CeeDee Lamb, but drops the ball quite often. Amari Cooper's pretty good. I think Michael Gallup's very average. I think their tight ends are average. Offensive line, now that it's aging, is average. Your head coach is the definition of average. He's from, uh, you know, Pittsburgh blue-collar town and likes to drink his beer. And He's average. He's an average guy. It's your average guy. Dan Quinn's pretty average. Their defense is very average. They don't have any stars. That's exactly what you expect from an average team. We had a moral victory. No, you didn't. You lost the football game. Quite simply, you lost the football game. Whew. We'll fire up there. Yeah. Um, I just get annoyed by the uh, the unrelenting fan base of the Dallas Cowboys and how they always have their false hope and optimism. But It is. That, that's a great term. False hope and optimism. Yeah. Look, look, I'll give you guys the fact that Dak looked good. Like I said, Dak was the only reason that team didn't get blown out by 20. You know what? Actually, he kept them afloat. I'm going to say this. The HBO series Hard Knocks on the Dallas Cowboys looks more interesting for me to watch than an actual Dallas Cowboys football game. Yeah, yeah. No, like, I will say that, uh, no, I, I don't know. I mean, yes. I think going forward, yes. I will say that was a good it, that was a good game to watch. Oh, it was a fun game to watch. But I'm just saying, Dallas generally underwhelms. Yeah. And yeah, it's, that's it's, not a game that I would just throw on to like watch yeah, for the yeah. entire day. If it was like a Sunday at 1 o'clock, I'm not watching a Dallas Cowboys football game today right no, now. No, no. No, like I said, I, there are some positives to take away. I wouldn't even call I wouldn't call them moral victories, though. I will say, you're, you know, a positive, Dak looked really good. Outside of that, like, there's not a lot of great takeaways. Like, yeah, you, 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 you forced some turnovers. Um, there's no way, like, a Tom Brady-led team's going to let that happen again. So it was kind of a fluke. I don't know. Whatever. Um, oh, it's getting over a fun segment because I kind of got a little heated there. So now let's let's lighten up the mood. Yeah, yeah I agree. Right. Let's go. So we 
I was, so I was watching uh, the kickoff of the Oregon and Ohio State game, which is going on right now. I think it's at halftime. I want to say Oregon's up 14-7 on Ohio State, which is, you know, something to keep your eye on. Let's see. So my app is, like, not refreshing. Okay, so, oh, yeah, halftime. It is 14-7 Oregon at half. But anyway, Gus Johnson and Joel Klatt are on the call. And I was thinking, I wonder what am I, like, what are the top, you know, duos, right? Um, not only just in college football, but in the sport of football itself, like including NFL, um, you know, college and NFL combined, right? So we came up with a, you know, a top five commentator duo list. And let's start with number one here, Jim Nance and Tony Romo. How much do you like Tony Romo? So good. He's the best. And he also, he can, the thing about him, you're not just getting an announcer, but he knows the game so, like, so well. That he predicts so many plays before they happen just by looking at formations and yeah. by dissecting defenses while he's sitting up in the booth. He's extremely interesting to listen to, first of all. Two, he has probably one of the most exciting voices to listen to during a football game. Yeah, he does. He, you can tell he gets into it. And Especially high, with Jim Nance. Yeah, and those high-pressure oh plays, he, you'll actually hear his voice like get higher and get more excited. Like it's, it's almost like he's just excited to watch the game, and he just happens to have a mic in front of him. Does That's what I like about job, him. a great job, yeah. And then Jim Nance... Honestly, he's got a like not a Bruce Buffer sounding voice, but he's got a Bruce Buffer quality to him that like it's he's the, it's, so great because his voice just sounds so good. It's the general like announcer voice, but his is like tip top, like best as they come. Yeah, and I think also part of that is he speaks so smooth because he prepares so well. Like you don't you don't you know hear him like stumbling, right? He's not like um uh yeah like that you know what's that guy's number down there? You know he knows. The, the players in that game, he knows where they went to high school, where they went to college. Like, I'm sure he's got some cheat sheets in front of him, but he does his research, and it comes out so smooth. Their delivery is so natural. Mm-hmm. All right, how about let's go number two. These guys, I would say, they're they're new together, so I wouldn't say it's as smooth a deli- as of as smooth of a delivery as Jim Nance and Tony Romo. My good nice Lord. Nice job. See, that's, nice something job. That Jim, yeah, yeah. that's something Jim Nance would never <laughs> do right there. I'll tell you that right now. All right, um... So Gus Johnson and Joel Klatt is my number two, personally. Now, this, to me, is because I love Gus Johnson's voice. If you turn on Big Ten football, he is the voice, right? He is the voice of those big Penn State-Ohio State oh games. Oh, my gosh, the whiteout yeah. games. Oh, he is just, like, I get so amped up to watch a game. He So he's on that Ohio State call right now. And, you know, go. We're, he's about ready for kickoff, and he's like, The Ducks of Oregon. The Buckeyes of Ohio State, and like the kicker's running up, and then the kicker kicks it. He's like, here we go, chills, like just clear down my body, chills. And I'm like, oh my god, I'd run through a wall right now, and I am not even. I don't play football. It's been like 13 years since <laughs> I have played football. Like, but I would have ran through a wall. And then Joel Klatt brings in, I would I would say Gus Johnson. Yeah, he he knows football, but he's there because his voice is awesome. Yeah. Joel Clad brings in the analytic side of it. He played football for a long time, set a lot of records at uh, Colorado as a quarterback. He knows the the ins and outs of the game a little more, and that's what he brings to the table. So I love it. All right, number three, you like you like these guys, especially they do they do baseball too. So that's they're they're like iconic. You oh, know? A Troy. Well, uh, not, uh, not Aikman doesn't do it, but yeah, know. a Joe Buck and a Troy Aikman. Yeah, Aikman um, doesn't do the baseball, but but Joe Buck. Yeah. Joe Buck is probably one of the most versatile announcers I have ever listen to i mean this guy could i feel like go and do an nhl game and then turn around and do an nfl game and then fly out to la and do a dodgers game 
Yeah, like, he, he gets he gets a bad rap, which I don't really understand. I think it's because people don't understand how hard it actually is to talk into a mic, especially on camera. Like the people, the people that criticize him are like scared to get up in front of like a third grade class and do like a presentation. Right. You know what I mean? I mean, just like, this I mean, got just just this took us getting used to. Oh yeah, it's it's not easy to do, especially if you're if you're gonna listen to it back. Nobody likes to hear their their own voice. Right. I actually hate listening to my own voice. Right. Yeah. I'm, it's challenging to do to talk into a mic and be recorded and he does it for like a multitude like he does once it comes to postseason baseball and there's football on he'll go do a playoff baseball game turn around the next morning for a one o'clock window and do a game or, or a 430 window and do a, an NFL game it's really impressive and he knows his stuff and then Troy Aikman as well these guys these two together they're just so casually like good. They're you know what so I mean? It seems like they're just too. two. Seems like they're two friends just hanging out. Yeah. And they just happen to, like I said, have mics in front of their face. I said that for for Tony Romo, but he, these guys even more so. And they actually said, I, I like Joe Buck a lot. So I've listened to some of his behind the scenes interviews, like with a guy like Colin Coward. He was telling him, yeah. he was telling him sometimes, like at the start of every game, I just need you know, like a, like a shot, and it's not for the actual, you know physical feeling of like you having a shot right it's not for like the buzz or anything it's because he likes to have it like something on the rocks with Aikman just to have that laid back feel where he's holding the glass just talking to him it's a good time right so it doesn't come out too announcery almost he wants it to be more conversational and I think they nail it every they time they do it's um, those are I'd say oh man it, they're honestly if we were doing all sports they would be my number one well Buck again because Aikman doesn't do the, the baseball but Turn on any, like, highlight of a Super Bowl or a World Series, nine times out of ten, you're going to hear Joe Buck on the call. Like, he's he's iconic because he's been in so many big situations and on, on so many big calls. So that, that's... He does have some pretty If it was all sports, calls. I would say Joe Buck is my number one. But since he, uh, you know, I do like Aikman, but football's a little more competitive with, you know, Jim Nance, Gus Johnson ahead of him, so... All right, number four, Kevin Harlan. Who he he does basketball as well, so he's impressive as well because, um, much like Joe Buck, Joe Buck does the baseball on the side, and uh, Kevin Harlan does a little bit of basketball on the side. Kevin Harlan with with pretty much anybody, he kind of mixes up, you know, who he's on the call with. So we don't, I couldn't really find a, a nailed down set partner that he has, but he's got a good voice as well. He's got one of those very announcer voices, like a Musburger, like a Gus Johnson, Nestler, Jim Nance, like. Those guys have that lead, strong voice that's memorable. I think Kevin Harlan's in there. Mm-hmm. And I, yeah, I'd agree with that. All right, how about at number five of CBS, Brad Nessler and Gary Danielson, who that's his, that's his partner for this year. Um, Brad Nessler, to me, doesn't get enough love. He's up there. He's, he's not as good as, as like a, um, a Brent Musburger, but they – for a while there, were neck and neck. Like, Nessler was in his prime, and Musburger was starting to decline a little bit. They were neck and neck. I really like Brad Nessler. I think um, when you're talking college football especially, he is one of the guys. Like, he is one of the guys that you think of when you hear college football announcers. Mm-hmm. 100%. I don't know who Gary Danielson is, but, you know, good for him. He gets to be with Brad Nessler. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> he gets to hang yeah, out with him. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know who that is, but uh, good for him. And uh, it seems like a pretty good team. I I did a little bit of a read up on Gary Dennison. He he seemed like he knows his stuff. I think he was a former player, so whatever. Um, Brad Nessler, the guy. Go. So let's, let's just run through him again. Jim Nance, Tony Romo, number one. 
that's like fairly indisputable. Oh, I want to point out something real quick before I before I go through his list. Oh yeah. You know who's not on this list? Al Michaels and Chris Collinsworth because I strongly dislike Chris Collinsworth. I'll say it right now. First of all, smart guy. I'm sure he's a nice guy. As an announcer, can't stand him because he has so many biases. The Steelers absolutely whooped him for years because he was a receiver for Cincinnati. We abused him because those Steel Curtains teams absolutely tormented him for 10-plus years. So he cannot stand the Steelers, and that bothers me. Like, to my cellular level, that bothers me. And he has that for other teams as well. It's like, dude, call the game. Like, call the game. So that annoys me. That That's who's not on this list. I don't mind Al Michaels, but he doesn't really have that. I don't like his voice isn't bad. I'd rather like a stronger, more exciting voice, in my opinion. He's more of a laid, like a not laid back, but more of a this is a the technical, CBS. yeah, more of a and technical, like monotone. You know, you're not going to get too high and too low. Right? Like, like your stereotypical 60s, like TV show yeah, announcer. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, anyway, to run through it again Jim Nance, Tony Romo, Gus Johnson, and Joel Klatt, Joe Buck, and Troy Aikman, Kevin Harlan, and pretty much anybody. And then to finish it off, Brad Nessler and his partner this year is Gary Danielson. That is our top five football commentators, regardless of college or NFL, like college and NFL combined here. Like, for example, Gus Johnson and Joel Klatt are um, doing college football this year. Brad Nessler is also doing college. And I, I think uh, even Kevin Harlan will sometimes switch back and forth. And then Joe Buck and uh, Troy Eggman and Jim Nance and Tony Romo have been strictly uh, NFL for a little bit now. Yeah. I think it's about all we have today. Yeah, that's all we have uh, for this episode, guys. Thanks for listening. Go follow us on Instagram at the underscore issue podcast. And then follow us on Twitter, which is just at the issue podcast. After you finish there, email us, which is the issue mailbox at gmail.com. Okay, we have a bunch of things that we're posting on social media. Uh, we'll be on Twitter all Sunday, all, well, today and Sunday. Um, so make sure. Yeah, mostly Sunday because I'll be I'll be sitting, you know, butt in chair, beverage in hand, red zone on said TV. Don't bother me. Don't call. Don't text. It'll be me, the TV, and I'll be tweeting. That's about it. There you go, guys. Thanks for listening to the issue.